0: The Packers have to play like a desperate team on Sunday against Washington if they want to get their season back on track. Our live show, live on YouTube, every Friday, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, starts right now. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We're to do it. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It. Your team. Pop! Every day. Touchdown. We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the Internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is the number one Packers podcast on the internet. Uh, I forgot to turn my lights on. Hello. Hello. We are live on YouTube. (laughs) This is the beauty of live TV or live webcamming, live streaming, whatever we're doing here. Uh, If you're not joining us and hanging out with us on YouTube, why are you not? We're having a great time. Uh, We do it every Friday now, 7 central, 8. Eastern, the Green Bay Packers taking on the Washington Commanders on Sunday. I'm still getting used to the the whole Commanders thing. I, like I'm, I'm doing the same thing with the Cleveland Guardians. I'm just these new names. I have to get them in my. I, I was fine with just calling them the Washington football team. That that made sense to me because I don't, I don't really feel like they deserve any <laughs> any more respect than that. But if the Packers don't respect them, they're going to lose. They're, they're going to lose. This team is not good enough to just sleepwalk through another game. And that is what they did last week. They sleptwalked through that game. There is no switch to turn on. There is no switch where they can just go, oh, well, we're going to wake up and just be good one day. No. No. And certainly not in the game. They're not just going to turn it on in the second quarter or the third quarter or the fourth quarter. Certainly not the third and fourth quarter where the both the offense and the defense have been bottom 10 units all season. Cannot do that. The graphic on the YouTube page and what will be the title of this podcast that you you already saw if you're listening to this is this is a desperate Packers team. They have to be desperate. They have to play desperate. They have to play with that energy, with that life, with that verve, with that tenacity, with that intensity. Where has that been? This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. And I know that there is a large portion of the fan base. I don't even want to say most. I don't know if it's most or not. That would be, you know, I think a little reckless. But there are plenty of fans who have just counted this season out. And in an NFC that is this week, don't do that. Don't do that. Through six weeks last year, the Bengals did not look like a Super Bowl team. They hardly looked like a playoff team. So just remember that. Now, they had Jamar Chase, they had T. Higgins, offensive weapons and all that. But their defense took a while to really click. And Green Bay's defense has so much more talent than that Bengals defense does. And Aaron Rodgers has so much more that he can do in terms of being Aaron Rodgers. And this offensive line has so much more to get to. We're going to talk about that stuff in the matchups in a little bit. But they have to play desperate. And I think this is something that I hope Matt LaFleur takes to heart. I think they thought, because in previous games without Devontae Adams... They didn't do anything that crazy. Using Aaron Jones more as a, a, you know, receiving threats, splitting him out more. That was a really smart thing that they did in 2019. And it beat Kansas City um, because they play a lot of man coverage. But in this too high quarters world where everyone is playing these two deep shells and a lot of zone coverage, although the Packers are seeing a lot more man. That is not going to be the solution that it once was. And the Packers were, they didn't change much of what they did in those games. They were just able to make do. It wasn't like they're running trick plays and reverses and, you know, all sorts of unscouted looks. No, they just ran their offense. And yeah, they leaned into some things more than others. But that is the beauty of this offense. That's the beauty of having Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur in a good offensive line is you can do that. Now, the Packers offensive line, not good right now. That's the first time we've said that in a long time. Just like flat out not been good. Not in the run game, not in the pass game. Not been good. Aaron Rodgers, not been good. That's not great. A.J. Dillon, not been good. Also not great. The team that we thought was the weakest part of this team, on offense, the receivers, they've been fine. Have they been great? No, they've been fine. And the parts that we thought were just a given. Yes, for sure. The quarterback. The offensive line and the coaching, that's been where we're going, what is this? Who are these people? I don't recognize this group of players, which, as I've said kind of over and over, is the optimistic viewpoint of this team is that they're going to be able to turn this around, but they have to play with more urgency, and the reason that I brought up this idea of the players playing better and the guys not doing what we are expecting who are, are actually good, that have a track record of being good, is, again, in those other situations without Devontae Adams, they didn't do anything that crazy. You watch some of these other teams that don't have good talent, that don't have Aaron Rodgers, that don't have an all-pro left tackle or a potential all-pro guard who's playing right tackle at the moment, although I think that's going to change. We're going to talk about that. Is and and receivers that th- th- they trust, Alan Lazar, Romeo Dobbs. I mean, I said this: if if Andy Dalton and the Saints can manufacture offense, and before Thursday, the previous three games they were averaging thirty points a game, with you know Jarvis Landry in and out of the lineup, Michael Thomas in and out of the lineup, Chris Olave in and out of the lineup, they were scoring points with Andy freaking Dalton, Alvin Kamara, and a banged up offensive line, and that's without Sean Payton, because they're Doing unique things, some tweaks, a little bit here, a little bit there. And those plays on the margin are working. Andy Dalton had a chance on Thursday night to get a deep shot down the field. Guess what? He threw a perfect pass 50 yards down the field. Aaron Rodgers can't do that? No, Aaron Rodgers can do that. Aaron Rodgers just hasn't done that. But what I would like to see from them is for them to stop calling plays and designing plays, and designing game plans around a team that can't just go out and run their stuff. Not anymore. Not the Defenses have adjusted this too high world. The defensive adjustments that they're making with disguises, they are messing with the rules of offense. They are going, we know your protection rules because everyone runs this scheme. We know your hots. We know what you're going to do if we show this pressure. And so we're going to screw with you. I mean, that's what they're doing. Now, the good news for the Packers is um, Jack Del Rio is not that coach. He is not some young, innovative mind. This is a team that is is really defensively based on their talent. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Those guys are MFers. They're really good players. And they can single-handedly swing this game the same way the Jets front really dominated their matchup in in, in that game. But... You're going to make these changes in the offensive line. Hopefully that helps to some degree. And on defense, in the back end, no William Jackson. Kendall Fuller has struggled mightily. We talked about that with David Harrison yesterday. Has given up the most yards in the league through six weeks. And teams are just attacking him. And I don't care if it's Romeo Dobbs, if it's Alan Lazard, if it's Sammy Watkins who may or may not play. If it's Juwan Winfrey. I don't care. You have to throw at that guy. You have to test him. But don't be afraid to test Benjamin St. Just, who's a big physical corner that Big Ten fans remember because he played in the Big Ten. But he is, you know, he is only has good numbers because he's a feast or famine guy who's just not been thrown at a lot. Get a little creative. And and keep calling those double moves. Have a special or two. You know, look at look at that that. Touchdown, Brees Hall scored. That's a special play. Look at the touchdown a couple weeks ago. Christian Watson scored. That's a special play. They need to, not, they don't have to build the whole plane out of specials, but for them to get this offense back on track. And I think eventually they can just run the offense. And I made the case, run it more through Romeo Dobbs, all that stuff. They need to be willing to say every week we've got five to eight plus plays that are unscouted, that are plays off the plays, that we're going to call and dial them up. And they're designed specifically to mess with the defense and create an, uh, an opportunity. A, an unscouted look, a weird play, a weird formation, a wonky route combination, Some, some not a, just a tendency breaker. I'm talking about just like some kind of crazy. Eight, maybe even be aggressive. Have five a week in the plan. You only have to call maybe three. And give yourself a chance. This team has to start playing with the urgency of a three and three team, not a team that thinks it should be five and one or six and oh. Because those are very different kinds of mindsets. And they can't play like they think they should be six and one or six and oh, five and one. And that's why I think, actually, the approach that Matt LaFleur has taken, the I wanna have fun. Let's play with some swag. Let's play fast and loose and just go out there and make mistakes. At 100 miles an hour, if we're going to make mistakes, but let's just go. I love it. I love it. And the old heads, the old school football people, we need discipline. They need to be out there running gassers and, and no water at practice. And it's just like, it's not going to help. That's not how this works. It never should have been how it worked, but that's just not how the modern athlete is. And it's just, it's not going to work. And you know who loves it? This this approach that Malifor's taking? The players. They said so. And you see the videos of them at practice. They're having a, a blast. And that's going to piss off some fans. I get it. They want Packer players to be as annoyed and as pissed off as they are. And look, Lily's out. I said this on Wednesday. Like it would be, it would be nice if they seemed a little more pissed off. But at the same time. It is okay to be pissed and still go out and play loose and fun and fast. You can do both of those things. So they they have to play with urgency, but they can't let that turn into stress. And that's a really difficult thing. But guess what? You're NFL players. And that's what you get paid to do. And that's what you have to do to get this thing right. Because you've got the bills in two weeks. The schedule gets a lot tougher here coming up. So... You got to get these wins. You already ruined the chance to bank some wins in games that you blew. Certainly, the Giants game was a blown opportunity. It'd be really nice to be four and two instead of three and three, even with the Jets' loss. That's got to be put in the rear view. It's time to move forward. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. My three favorite things football, football. Saving money. So let's talk about saving big money right now with Simply Safe Home Security. They're offering locked on Packers listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security system of 2022. What year is it? 2022. By US News. They love it. I love it. You'll love it because it's Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. One of the most important things, we bought a house last year. One of the most important things to me for the safety of my family was to make sure we had a security system. Simply Safe gives you 24/7 professional monitoring with threat when a threat is detected Simply Safe monitoring professional they they contact you and they dispatch first responders to your home if you need it and this 24/7 professional monitoring costs under a dollar a day. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com/lockedonNFL today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just minutes. That's simplysafe.com/lockedonNFL. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Okay. Some big news. Over the last couple days, this is a team that knows it needs to make some changes. Matt Schneidman over at The Athletic said in a tweet keep an eye out for a position change for Melton Jenkins. This is something that Matt Schneidman has done in the past when he is. The Packers are very, very strict about what you can report and what you cannot report from practice. And where guys are lining up is one of those things that you are not supposed to be talking about. And so this is this is very much in the woge, uh, the Chicago Bulls are zeroing in on drafting kind of language, where you didn't tip the pick, but you tip the pick. Well, if Elton Jenkins is changing positions then they need a new right tackle. And if they need a new right tackle, odds are it's going to be Yash Naiman, which is a step further than I thought they would be willing to go. And it came, (laughs) great time, Buko. On On the day that I made the case that I think they will only change the right guard because I thought that it was just the football coach thing to do, Schneiman drops this little nugget. Let me just make the case quickly why I, why I thought they were just going to change the right guard. Um Matt LaFleur and and Adam Stenovich have said a number of times that they'd like to minimize the changes. Adam Stenovich 2 weeks ago said he thought Elton Jenkins gave the team the best chance at right tackle. So that to me says they want Elton to be the right tackle. He is probably the right tackle of the future. And I think with a full season and an off season of recovery, he will eventually play right tackle for this team. Unless Yash Nyman is just awesome. And then he can just be the right tackle. You have David Bakhtiari. You pay Allen Jenkins a top of market guard contract. And you go from there. That's probably a really good scenario with John Renan Jr. And Josh Myers. You've got a hell of an offensive line. You've got no questions to answer. Because if you're going to move Allen Jenkins, what do you do with Zach Tom? Now that's still a question. But it's a nice question to ask because in a year or two, you might need a new left tackle. And maybe that's Zach Tom. Maybe he is the left tackle of your future. Really nice. But what what Steno said that that really stood out to me is we want to be able to make a change and stick to it. We don't want to have to go back and forth. So if we're going to make a change, we want that to be it. Well, so if you think Ellen Jenkins is your best chance at right tackle, you want to minimize movement and you are hoping that once you've done the change that's it that you don't have to go back or you don't have to you don't have to swap out another guy at a certain point that says to me just change the right guard because that is by far the weak point of your team and you know that you want Elton Jenkins to be the right tackle of the future if Elton is saying, look, I'm fine. This is, I'm good. I feel great. And he just can't do it right now. Then I think you just say, well, then you're not a right tackle. And maybe you were a left tackle, but you're not a right tackle. And sometimes the sides matter. Josh Nyman said he likes playing left tackle more than right tackle. He felt like he could anchor better from left tackle. Or, but But that was maybe two years ago. And so hopefully he's gotten stronger. He's gotten more comfortable with the footwork and the technique and playing out there on an island. And maybe he can do it now. And remember, Elton Jenkins is playing tackle really for the for the first time, certainly right tackle for the first time in his NFL career. He had a short stint last year at left tackle. It's it's hard to play tackle for Aaron Rodgers because of the, of the movement and the off-platform stuff and, and a lot of the, the intricacies that, for example, David Bakhtiari knows, but Elton Jenkins doesn't. So I thought, leave him out there, let him go, and just, change, just put Zach Tom in. Now... I think your best five includes Jenkins and Nyman. So if you're going to put your best five out there, that's one of your best five. That's your best five. Bach, Runyon, Myers, Jenkins, Nyman. That's your best five. Now, whether, you know, Jenkins is going to play left guard, right guard, I assume you're just going to slide him down a slot, leave JRJ where he is, and put Nyman at right tackle. That's the the minimum amount of moving, and it's your best five. That gives you a really good chance... This week in particular because Jenkins can handle Daron Payne. He can handle Jonathan Allen. Now, can Yash Nyman handle Montez Sweat? Well, he's faced Nick Bosa. He's faced Trey Hendrickson. He's faced TJ Watt. He's faced some really good NFL pass rushers. Montez Sweat is a really good NFL pass rusher. But it's not like he can't play. And Yash Nyman, week one, Daniil Hunter, Sidere Smith in Tampa against Shaq Barrett. And, and Joe Tryon Shoinka, he has done it and he has played well. He was, he was grading out as a starting caliber tackle. He is a starting caliber tackle. Royce Newman, not a starting caliber anything. Anything. And so this is where the Packers can really make some important changes for this team. If you can block better, and, and I thought Matt LaFleur put it perfectly. If you can't block, you can't do much of anything. The run game has been really good, despite the run blocking not being great. The passing game has been not good, in large part because the blocking has been very bad. Rodgers hasn't helped when he's had time. 27th out of 33 qualifying quarterbacks in EPA per dropback from a clean pocket. Not good. So giving him more clean pockets and more time to throw, because one of the reasons why some of the numbers are okay is because Rodgers from a clean pocket is getting the ball out quickly. You want that. But on plays where they're trying to push the ball down the field, you have to hold the ball for a split second. You have to give those guys time to get into the route, especially off play action. So I think getting the offensive line squared away Getting Aaron Rodgers comfortable being back there because in the second half against the Jets, he's seeing ghosts. They had chances. He, The Lazard heave into double coverage. They had Juwan Winfrey in the middle of the field for a first down. When the game is still in reach, you score a touchdown, like there's you have a chance. It was a 14-point game. Heave into the end zone on second and 22. You, like, you still need to do that. Getting the ball out quickly when if you hold it and let the route develop, you've got an in-breaker on the opposite side to Romeo Dobbs, who's open. It's just that stuff. And for the Packers, you get that cleaned up a little bit. And now all of a sudden, your offense can get so much better. And in the second halves of these games, just getting a little bit better on offense gives your defense a better chance to keep playing in the second half the way it's been playing in the first half. We'll see if they can do that. All right, we're going to talk trades in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all of your betting football, basketball, baseball, playoffs, let's go, golf, fighting, combat sports, all that good stuff. It's all there for you at Bet Online. I've got a number of things going this weekend. I've got the under in this game. I have. Uh, I have Washington to cover and the under. But I think the Packers win, but I have Washington to cover and the under. Um, and I, I i mean, I could certainly see the Packers winning by a touchdown. I could also see them losing by a touchdown. We'd, I I'm, i need to see it. I need to see it. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So a lot of questions in the chat here about receiver trades. Okay, we had a report from Bill Huber over at um, Sports Illustrated that the price for Chase Claypool would be something close to what Christian McCaffrey went for a two, a three, a four, and a five. There's just no way. That's it. That's the tweet. There's just no way. Uh, uh, A two and a future five. Sure. Or a two in 2023 and a four in 2024. Maybe. Maybe. Or let's say it's um you you send Amari Rogers and a two for Claypool. Yeah, I'd do that. I'd do that. If you could send, you know, someone like Amari Rogers. Now they they might need Amari Rogers this week, but I think that's workable. It seems like Claypool is gettable. And if the asking price is a two, three, four, and a five, then he's not really gettable. Like you're not getting the Christian McCaffrey deal for Chase Claypool. You're just not. Like he's not in the Amari Cooper for a first when he was with the Raiders kind of level. And that's what a two, a three, a four, and a future fifth is. It is top 10 level draft capital if you use any draft chart. I don't think that's what it would take to get him. Not so the Steelers are negotiating from a position of strength because they have receiver depth. They can just keep him, let him play next year, let him walk, and get a third-round comp pick. But but then you're talking about a third-round comp pick for a 2024 offseason that you that does not confer until 2025. So that's pretty far down the road to be waiting for these picks. A pick now means you get to use it now to make this team better with Kenny Pickett. They're trying to win. And I know Amari Rodgers doesn't have crazy trade value. But if you could use him as the equivalent of a fifth round pick, a day three pick, and then that is the the icing on top of the two, I think that that works. But my point is, you're not going to give up what, what the 49ers gave up for Christian McCaffrey. And that is a trade, by the way. And I saw Packer fans were mad about a trade like that. Like, no, that's a bad trade. It's a bad trade. I the, the rushing yards over expectation this season, per rush, Jeff Wilson, who is the 49ers current running back, already had better yards over expectation than Christian McCaffrey. This is an offense that is famous and has been famous since the 90s for just, you could put, a, a parking lot attendant in the backfield and they're gonna rush for a thousand yards. That's what this offense is. It's why I didn't like the AJ Dillon pick when it was made, because I didn't think it was a it was a an efficient use of resources because you can just put not literally anyone, okay, a parking lot attendant, probably not, but just an average NFL running back behind a good offensive line in this wide zone scheme is gonna be good. You don't need to give up the draft value trade chart equivalent of, seriously, a top 10, if not a top five, depending on what chart you look at, top five pick. That's crazy for a running back. Now, are there moves out there that I think the Packers could and should make? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. Sign Will Fuller if you want. Wait on OBJ if you want. Trade for, trade for Chase Claypool. Trade for Kendrick Bourne. Like those are moves that would help this team. But you also don't want to overpay. And I, there are Packer fans out there going, I need them to do something. Well, why? We had this conversation last year during the trade deadline, during the off season, for the last couple of years. Why? Just so you can feel like they're trying? Well, if the value is not there, then that's a bad move. Like I had someone say, well, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, then it's worth it. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. Bad process is bad process. Now you can say, okay, you know, like you'll do, you do it again because it got you the Super Bowl. Like, do do you do you know? Do you know Christian McCaffrey is going to play eight games? Like, as we sit here right now, is Christian McCaffrey? How sure are you, Christian McCaffrey is going to finish the season? He's played sixteen total games since twenty nineteen. The last two seasons, he played 10 games. Six is almost as many as he has played in any of the previous two seasons. It doesn't guarantee you anything. This 49ers team is hella banged up. Jimmy G is still the quarterback. And yeah, the NFC is wide open, but goodness. Now, the the Von Miller trade is a different situation because you're getting Von Miller at a premium position and yeah, you you do that in your window. If that's what you need, you you can make a trade like that. And the Rams desperately needed a guy like that. Now there is no Von Miller out there. Like if the Cardinals said we'll trade DeAndre Hopkins for the Von Miller package or for what DeAndre was traded for originally, I would do that. I would do that. I'm talking about a Hall of Fame level player who still has stuff left in the tank. Von Miller's been incredible in Buffalo and was a key part of that Super Bowl winning team last year. Did they overpay? Mm. Maybe. Maybe. But they overpaid for a Hall of Fame player to a premium position. Chase Claypool ain't that. Christian McCaffrey ain't that. Maybe a Hall of Famer, but not a premium position and hasn't been healthy. We're talking about a huge risk for a team that doesn't really need a running back they're fine so I, I I understand I understand the desire to go make a make a move I really do but it has to be the right move it has to it has to be something that you can justify and that you can live with like Antonio Brown Dylan is mentioning that in the chat Antonio Brown they got for nothing like that was a flyer so, like, it's just a different situation. And that turned out to be a disaster. And they probably could have won the Super Bowl without Antonio Brown anyway. That team was, was good enough. So, it it always looks smart when it works. And we can point to a billion examples, way more examples of it not working than it working. J- just in the last five, six, seven years, look at every year of the Saints. Look at several years of the Rams before this past season and if tchaikovsky Tart just catches the interception or if the Packers special teams doesn't totally pee down its leg, the Rams don't win the Super Bowl and look at them this year. They they look like one of the 10 worst teams in the league. And now what? It's not how you build a sustainable contender. So again, I understand the, the frustration, but It has to be the right move. Now, if you can go get DJ Moore, overpay for DJ Moore. Overpay for DJ Moore. That's fine. Cool. Young player, premium position, extreme talent. I don't don't think there is a huge delta in talent between AJ Brown and and DJ Moore. If you can go get DJ Moore, overpay for DJ Moore. Christian McCaffrey is not the guy you overpay for. Chase Claypool is not the guy you overpay for. I think Chase, Chase Claypool would help this team. No question about it. A a top 10 pick of value, hell no. But DJ Moore, oh yeah, oh yeah, I would do that. Under contract, come on, absolutely you do that. I'm not saying don't do anything and, and don't only do trades that you win convincingly. That's not the take. You have to be judicious about this. And the Packers have been, the Packers have been. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson, NFL show Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL and NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right. Uh I got the I I've changed my mind. I've got the Packers 24-20. Um they win, Washington covers, and we'll see what happens from there. But I think this offensive line change will be Important. I think it will work. I think it will really help this offense. And I think this defense keeps playing really, really well against the pass. And I think they will be better than they were last week. Because I don't think this ground game is as good as the Jets ground game by any means. I don't think Brian Robinson is great greatest story as that is. Is anywhere near the back that Bryce Hall is. I don't think this offensive line is playing as well as that Jets offensive line. And I don't think the design is as good as what the Jets are doing. So I like the Packers. And I think that they're in a good position here to get a win. All right, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on YouTube, you can do that. Subscribe to Locked on Packers on YouTube to stay Locked on Packers.